Welcome to River Edge Podcasts. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. Father, thank you for your presence here right now. Holy Spirit, speak to each one of us as only you can. I thank you for what you're going to download through me right now. Father, I thank you that I'm, I just want to be a pure stream of what you've, what you've shown me. Father, so I thank you for the good soil that's in this room right now to receive the seed from heaven. Because Father, you are a lavish farmer and you're just throwing out, just generously throwing out seed from heaven, seed from heaven. So right now we receive it. We receive, we, we posture our soil, we posture our life to receive from you right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Grab your seats, shake hand with someone. Or if you're still a bit COVID crazy, don't. Bump elbows still around you know oh, darn it. so we have had some um, incredible messages recently Kylie came out with a, a brilliant one a few weeks ago talking about hospitality and love and connection connecting us being connected happy birthday to my gorgeous wife where did she go she's been raptured we're all left I knew I should have believed in the rapture. Darn it. <laughs> and Chelsea, last week on abiding, abiding and resting. Oh, so good. And connecting, being connected, abiding, staying connected with Jesus, but connecting with the body as well. Um, on Volunteers Night on Thursday, I, I made a statement about how God's really put on my heart recently about looking how we can do church God's new way. Because um, he's saying, I'm doing a new thing. And you say, oh no, he said that way back in Isaiah talking about Jesus. Well, okay, the spirit of Jesus is here now, so he's not doing new things anymore. He is. Every morning, his mercies are new thing. He's a new God all the time, but he's old. He doesn't change. So you go, that's a contradiction. No, it's not. It's a refinement. He's old. He doesn't change. But our awareness, our perspective of him is refined, and we see him from glory to glory to glory. That's why the angels circling around the throne, you're going, how for eternity can they sing glory, holy, glory, holy, and that's it? Can they come up with any other words? No. Why? Is that all they're given? No, they're probably more eloquent with every language un that we know of in heaven and on earth, yet all they can say about our heavenly Father is holy, glory, holy, because every time they see him, holy, glory, holy, his mercies are new every morning, things are happening at the moment, he's breathing afresh on the planet. So, what is God's model for church? Have you ever thought about it? I know there's some people in the room that have thought about it. I know there's some people in the room that are quite vocal on it. There's people in the room that are quite critical on church, the way it's done today. This is actually a school mentality. Someone up the front talking and you're all listening, hopefully. Like Adrian said before, you know, he, he came out with something impromptu. Many people say, Stephen, don't you think about something before you speak? I said, no, I want to be as surprised as you are. Ah, so the best model for church, look at scripture, 
What do you see the best model, not just in the New Testament for church when church finally turned up, when it was released, but what is the model that we've been given throughout Scripture of how we do life? Let me answer it for you. It's family. (laughs) Before you start throwing things at me, I go, no, wrong, no, wrong. That's right, but it's not the one I'm after. You know, when someone does that to you, I do that to you all the time, and then I don't like your answers. So, (laughs) best model is family. Why family? Why family? Because there's a clear voice of authority in family. There's meant to be a clear voice of authority that speaks the truth. That voice comes through and it gives guidance. It It helps children to discipline their lives. See, I remember telling my kids, I'm disciplining you so that when I'm not around, you will discipline your own life. Then they go, oh, I get it now. That's what discipline's about, so that I can actually govern and discipline my own life. In family, we're meant to, we're shown how to humble ourselves because we're meant to do the most menial tasks for one another. As soon as a child's born, we get our hands dirty, changing nappies. There's something menial about it, but it's done with love. Not the baby, but our job for the baby is done in love. Theirs is just normal digestion and expulsion. (laughs) Family. And I had this image of everyone humble, as in low, but lifting one another. And we're all locked in and supporting. No one's elevated. We're all humble and lifting. That's what Jesus meant family to be that's what he meant the ecclesia to be submit therefore to one another be humble to one another humble yourself before the lord (laughs) here's one that my dad always drops every now and then don't ask god to humble you it's your job to humble yourself before the lord if you ask the living god to humble you gives me a shudder just even thinking saying those words it's like no i didn't mean it it was just a statement Clarification. So, how do we find family? Well, I I just want to share a bit about what's happened with my life over the the last little while. So, I'm going to talk about my body (laughs) and what's happened in my journey. So, what's the three main things? I'm asking a question here. I set you up. Three main things that we need to have a healthy body. Not a healthy, healthy life, just a healthy body. What are three main things that you can think of? You've got to have good food, rest, good exercise. Nailed it. You guys are brilliant. You know everything that you need to keep this thing healthy. Good diet, good rest, good exercise. I'm glad that science has discovered this for us now, that we have a good diet, good, put good fuel in the body, We get good rest, enough hours of sleep every day, good piece of relaxation and leisure time in there as well. And we've got to also exercise. You've got to exercise every day. You've got to get that pulse rate up to 100 and what? 70, what? (laughs) Just for your, um, just as a caveat on this, Jamie actually works at a funeral director's. So... (laughs) He wants more customers. (laughs) So, 
in, Ge- in Genesis, in Genesis, don't worry, he's setting up the food for the men's breakfast on Saturday as well. It's really greasy, full of fat, bacon, the fruit of the pig and the fruit of the chicken, both together. Okay, back onto this message. Okay. So in Genesis, God says, I have given you every seed-bearing plant for your food, nutrition, for your fuel, for your medicine, for everything. I've given you this. That's food, good food. He's given that to us. He also, on the seventh day, what did he do? He rested. He modeled for us that we needed to rest, how to do it well. It was all done in Genesis. And then he also said, guys, by the sweat of your brow and by the work of your hands, you are going to eke out an existence. You're going to live your life. Now, you might go, oh, that was a curse. No, that was a blessing. That was a commandment that God gave us. People are now sitting on their butts working on computers and then dragging themselves to a gym to try and... (laughs) When... God made it all so basic and easy for us. You know, Jesus walked pretty well everywhere. The only time we hear about him being on the back of a donkey is when he's in his mum's tummy and when he's going into Jerusalem on a colt. The rest of the time he talked and walked everywhere. Do you know the best thing you can do for your mental health? Walk and listen to happy music. (laughs) I messed you up there. But if you... (laughs) If you walk listening to a happy tune in your head, doesn't have to be music, singing a song at the moment, my family will be able to tell you what the song is that I'm singing at the moment. Goodness me, I can't stop it. I'm walking along singing a happy song of holy is the Lord all the time. I've just got this song in my head at the moment off the latest Bethel uh, Bethel album. And um, walking is so good for you. Let me get to that. Nutrition, sleep, meditation, and rest, and exercise, which is work. This is all like, you know real rest? What is real rest? You just think about it for a second. You think it's sleep. Yes. Real rest is sleep. This is it. Real rest is trust. When you can trust that you are in a position. See, God worked and then he says, I'll work six days and then I'll rest so that you can, I can model it for you that you can trust me. Not me. You can trust him. I'm talking on his behalf here. So that you can trust him with your labor, your work. You can work six days and then he says, but if you trust the seventh day to me, I will give you rest, trust. I'll give you real rest where you can Trust me. In Psalm 4, verse 8, it says, In peace I will lie down and sleep, for you alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety. I jumped ahead on you there, Jesse. Sorry about that. So we need these things in balance. We need good diet. We need good food. We need good rest. We need good exercise. We need it all in balance. If you focus just on one or two of these things, your life is out of balance. If you just work all the time and eat all the time and don't get any rest, you're out of balance. If you... (laughs) If you just focus on food and getting the right food and not getting contaminated food, you become annoying. But you're also... (laughs) So, what does your food look like? 
What does your rest look like? What does your work look like? Okay? Now let's just bump it over a little bit. What does your spiritual food look like? What does your spiritual rest look like? And what does your spiritual exercise look like? So, November last year, um, we had a beautiful wedding with little Johnny and little Bridie and um, big Johnny. And yeah, and after five days after the wedding, um, we were packing up and we we're having a, um, a meeting. And I moved very benignly, and that was it. I just went, whoop, something went wrong. So for five weeks, I, I was in incredible pain and just spasmed up, could not bend, move, sit, lay on my back, lay on my right side. Everything was on my left side. I could just lay on my left side. And I just said, leave me here. I will get better. If I don't move, don't. If I can just get the spasming under control, I'll get better. So for five weeks, I was doing that. Then eventually, it wasn't getting better, went to the hospital. In the hospital, I'm saying, just fill me full of drugs so I can relax, so I can get better. I'll get better. And they're going, you're going to need surgery. And I'm like, no, I'm not. You don't know who you're talking to. Just give me the drugs. Let me relax. And I'll get better. And but that wasn't going to happen. So it was getting worse and I ended up getting airlifted to Melbourne and had to have surgery. So the surgery was fairly extensive. Um, they removed two discs out of my spine, didn't replace them because it was in emergency. And then chiseled two big sunroofs, as he called them, into my vertebra. So into L4 and L5, he chiseled two big holes into the back of them to relieve the pressure. So I've got to be very careful with what I do now. I can't compress my spine because I don't have discs there to cushion it. I've got to build my core up so it's like supporting everything. I've got to wash my posture. But in this process, I lost control of my right leg. It, it stopped operating on me overnight. Went into surgery, my leg was working, came out of surgery, leg not working. Paul, went into surgery, came out, gluteus medius not working I had the same with me you'd come out and they go lift your leg and you're like <laughs> Paul's going I'm shaking trying to lift my leg and it's like yeah I, I didn't even get it off the bed <laughs> it's like isn't that meant to move yeah so it was the most bizarre thing to have happen that you just lose control of a limb and then the the communication is not there it's gone so I've had I've had nerve damage, I've had plenty of surgeries and injuries in my life. I was a thrill seeker back in my day. That was the 70s term for an extreme sports person nowadays. Or somebody who just liked to throw their body at things and to hurt themselves all the time. So I'd had heaps of those and I knew that, that nerve damage takes a long time to repair. So I've had to work on this. They, they want to give me prosthesis and everything. My foot won't lift up, it just flops around and my right leg is slowly coming good. It's, it's getting a lot stronger. So, as I'm laying in bed, and I, this happened in, as I'm in the hospital here at the private hospital, one morning after five weeks, and here's the point, lack of work will cause atrophy. I'm laying in bed and 
I reached around and, and I felt my butt and it felt like an empty flour sack. And I'm like, what happened to my butt? And then I'm like, where are my legs? It was like overnight, my muscles just went and just disappeared. So I complained to the nurses, what had they done to me? And then they informed me. And I've talked about, I don't know if I've talked about it here, but for every um, two days that you rest in bed, you lose seven days of muscle mass. And I didn't know that. None of us know that until someone tells us that. Then you've got to do something with that knowledge. So I realized I'd just had months and months and months of muscle wastage on my body. So too much rest, not good for you. Rest was made for us. Rest is beneficial. Too much rest is not good for us. We are meant to be mobile. We must be mobile. We must be active. I'm talking physically and spiritually. Have you picked up on that? We're in church. This isn't a health lesson, even though it is, because the Bible's full of that on how to have a healthy life. Lack of work, lack of exercise will cause atrophy. When I was young, I got into bodybuilding fairly young. I started working out and when I was really young, like 13, I think I was, I found some muscle magazines at the tip when we went to Joe Weeder and these muscle magazines from America. And I went, I want to be like that. So I made, you know, dumbbells up out of concrete and flower pots and um, I had a big barbell that was an old train wheel. <laughs> I had all these things I used to work out and I, and I loved building my muscles up. When you're young, you're meant to run and you're meant to build up your muscles. We're meant to jump. and You know, the more you jump and, and you build up the strength in everything. You're in the, in the um, what do you call it, in your knees? Cartilage, thank you. The cartilage in your knees is strengthened. All the joints are strengthened by kids running and jumping and playing and doing that. But you know, between the ages of 20 to 40, we seem to change our lifestyles a lot. We don't lose a lot of muscle mass, but after the age of 40, do you know what happens? One. <laughs> yeah. After the age of 40, we start to decline. We lose 1% to 2% a year in lean body mass without even trying. And um, we lose 1.5% to 5% of our strength every year. And you might go, that's, that's a lie. No, no, no. I know some people that at 40, they weren't doing so flash. Now they're at 60. They're riding their little scooter around town. And then I've seen other people like Elizabeth Layton, where she is like just this gun of a machine. She's 80, how old? Sorry. Yeah, 21 again and again and again, that woman. She's like, we say, can we help you with the garden? She says, no, it's good for me. It makes me strong. I'm, she's moving tons of stuff. So she hasn't lost that strength. I admire Elizabeth Layton. I want to be like Elizabeth Layton when I get older. So, over the last number of years, we've had potentially two plus years of church atrophy. Church atrophy. We've, we've lost a lot of our exercise. We've lost a lot of our work. Um, we must work our spiritual muscles within the body. Jesus worked his spiritual muscles all the time. 
Jesus said, they said, you've got to eat, eat some food. He says, no, my food is to do the will of my Father, the one who sent me. You know, he, they said, you've got, to, you've got to have sleep. No, no, he prayed when they were, rest, when they were sleeping. And when, he, when did he rest? In a storm. In a storm. In a boat. I don't know if you've been in a boat, just in a boat on calm water. It's rough enough. A boat in a storm. He falls asleep. Trust. Rest. Boom. So, Jesus said, I came not to be served, but to work, but to be active, but to not sit back and have other people be active for me, but to be active. We flex our spiritual muscles when we pray, when we give, when we fast. When we pray, when we give, when we fast, we flex our spiritual muscles. You might say, oh, you want me to pray more, Steve? You want me to give more? You want me to fast more? No, Slap yourself. I want you, God wants us to get a different perspective of how we see things. Praying. We go, oh, I must pray every day. No, we get to communicate with the author of creation every day. And we were singing this morning, every, all the songs, I'm going, God, you're setting this up. Holy Spirit, you're setting this up. Let faith arise. Let faith arise. Let faith arise. How do we make faith arise? Jesus gave us an example. How do we pray, Jesus? Pray like this, our Father, our, boom, straight away. No singular, we are corporate. He is our Father. We all sons and daughters, we're a family. Our Father who is in heaven, distinguished between earthly and spiritual divine. So we disassociate everything that we know from earthly broken fatherhood and we say the good stuff about earthly fatherhood, that's a representation of divine fatherhood. The broken stuff, that's humanity. Drop that, spit those bones out, but I want that connection. I want this divine connection with the Father. Okay, we flex it. Praying. Jesus said, pray like this. Too many of us are trying to pray, move the mountain into the sea when we just need to be praying, lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil. If you want to build your faith, start praying like Jesus told. Give us this day our daily bread. What? Oh, you're my provider. It's a realignment. Not I'm going to make the money today so that I can eat. No, no. You provide everything for me. It's a total shift in my perspective. And, and give us this day our daily bread. That, that just shifts the way that you're your provider. And then, it, yeah, you get it, don't you? When we give, generosity with time, generosity with money, it might be generosity with a compliment, it might be generosity with encouragement. Whatever it is, don't let it be generosity with with criticism or generosity with accusation or generosity with mansplaining. Mansplaining. I do enough of that for everybody. Does anyone know what mansplaining is? All the women do, sorry, yeah. All the older people are like, what? And when we fast, okay. Okay, I've got to look at fasting because it's in the Bible. Fasting saved my life. I've got to just say that. God's word dropped in my heart to fast saved my life. Oh, there's Elizabeth, you bright, sprightly woman, you. Saved my life. Changed me absolutely. But what is fasting? It's denying an appetite. Denying an appetite in our life. So what is fasting? Denying an appetite. But what does it do? Makes me uncomfortable. Being uncomfortable is not popular nowadays. 
Have you ever seen an ad for something? This is the most uncomfortable product that we could provide for you. No. Luxurious is what we want. Comfortable. You know, uncomfortable? No. We must be uncomfortable to grow. I remember when I was young having achy legs and I'm saying to mum, I'm hurting, I've been running all day, oh, you know, having fun. Oh, it's your fault, mum, what have you done to my legs? And they're growing pains. What? You're growing. Oh, okay. When we fast, we deny ourselves an appetite. We make ourselves uncomfortable. When we exercise, you actually have to use your will. You have to use your... We've got some boys here at the moment that have been working out. Kenny, look at him. Kenny, come up here, mate. <laughs> he doesn't want to. Come on, Joel. Joel, you've been working out. Gavin, where's Gavin? Come on, boys, shirts off. Let's go. On. <laughs> But when we fast, yeah, it's off. <laughs> okay. But when we fast, we make ourselves uncomfortable and we think being uncomfortable, not good. Actually, being uncomfortable, very good. Being uncomfortable is very good. This morning, I went from a hot shower and I thought, I'm talking about uncomfortable today. I'm going to go cold shower. Going whole hog, boom. Oh, sweet. Fancy Moses. Just control your breathing, Stephen. Just control your breathing. Can't get enough lungs. Surely that water was below three degrees. No. But I feel fantastic. No. Do you know what happens when you have a cold shower? It, it's proven back. You go back to Darwin. He, he was into it. Um, they... Having a cold shower, this is where showering comes from. Having cold water flowing over your body produces the mammalian reflex in your liver. Your liver actually releases all these life-saving um, hormones and stuff. It, it just does this boost to you that is so amazing. People that have got um, uh, chronic fatigue syndrome do ice baths in the morning, shocks them awake, and they can fire for the rest of the day. Try it. It will work. <laughs> But it makes you uncomfortable, but it produces a great response in your body. We need to flex our muscles. We need to exercise. I'm only going to talk about just flexing your muscles and exercising because that's what it's about. So Romans um, 5.3 says, um, it, there's a whole bunch of things in there. And it says, not only so, you can read that later, but we also glory in our sufferings, 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 because we know that suffering produces what? Perseverance. And pers perseverance produces character, and character, hope. And hope does, uh, what does this one say? Not, what's the next line? Did I only give you one verse? Oh, sorry about that. I apologize. And hope does not disappoint, does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who he has given us. So even when you go, I'm not getting what I hope for, we've got the deposit of the Holy Spirit that keeps filling us with, don't worry, 
The Father's the provider. He's the provider. He's the healer. He's the peace. He's the joy. Number two point. Oh my goodness. Trauma disrupts signals. Trauma disrupts signals. So I was doing fine. They made me lay flat in the MRI. I said, I can't do that because there's pressure in my back. It just kills, like literally kills. So they laid me on my front. I was nearly passing out. I was white knuckle. I was just sweat. When they got me out, I was just screaming. I think that's when I did the main damage to my laying flat and the, the disc was just pancaking my spinal cord out. So from that, I've got a not a broken signal. I have a disrupted faint signal. My Nothing wrong with my leg, nothing wrong with my foot, nothing wrong with my toes. But the signal from my brain to my foot and my leg is so weak at the moment. It's there, but it's so weak. It's a whisper. And it's not even a whisper. It's just like a, a puff of wind. It's just like the breath of a whisper that I can feel in my toe that I can just activate it a little bit. The signal's there. I've got to train myself to listen to the signal. I hope you're getting the spiritual aspect of this. I've got to train myself to, to listen to that little signal. Any other noise in the room kills it for me. Any other stimuli kills it. I've got to just get there and go, okay, I've got it. I've got it. Mm, there it is. Now with God, sometimes you might have to just go, where are you, Father? I need to hear your voice. What are you saying to me at the moment? And you need to listen. You've had disrupted trauma in our lives. And they can happen through either abuse or an accident or self-harm. Trauma happens in our life. And it can disrupt our bodies. It can disrupt our relationships in our family, which is a body. And it can disrupt our relationship in the church, which is a body. So trauma disrupts signals. If you can't hear God at the moment, trust someone that can. And you might go, mm, I don't want to really do that. No, no, no. If it's coming out with love, if it's coming out with encouragement, then that's God. If there's any condemnation or judgment or anything like that, that's not God. It takes activation of our will here. Uh, where there is a will, there's a signal. Where there's a will, because I have heard of people that have had totally severed spines and in their bed, they have laid there and they've said, right, I am picturing my spinal cord fixing itself. And every day they are just, they are, they are picturing in their mind, in their soul, they are picturing their spinal cord being restored. Are they crazy? Or is this something that God has sprinkled eternity within our hearts? This guy wasn't a believer or a Christian. He walks now, he runs marathons now, and he had a totally severed spine. So if that's what can happen just with sheer willpower, what can we do with willpower and a voice from God, an encounter with God? How is your spiritual signal? How is your spiritual signal? Point three, it's hard moving again. It's uncomfortable moving again after trauma. It's uncomfortable when you've got a disconnection, when you're weak, when you haven't prayed for a long time, when you haven't given for a long time, when you haven't fasted, made yourself uncomfortable for a long time. When you haven't done any spiritual activities for a long time, it is hard to get going again. Oh, it was so hard for me just to start walking again. Even now, I am so self-conscious. Think of it. 
spiritual aspects here. I'm so self-conscious walking down the street. I feel like my walk, my walk, everyone's judging my walk because I can't control this foot. It's just, I feel like a horse counting. <laughs> so I can't walk. And I'm like, when we're in New Zealand, a guy saw me walk out of a store and I was like, you know, I was, I was really... And he started mimicking me, and I went, oh, yeah. Got in the car, and I said, that guy was making fun of me. Kylie flew out of the car. And I'm like, hun, hun, hun. I saw the look in her eye that's usually just reserved for me. And it wasn't the passionate one. So, how's your walk? How's your walk? I'm bringing it back here, guys. Come on. <laughs> How's your walk? Maybe you're feeling a bit uncomfortable. Maybe it's a bit painful at the moment. Because I tell you, just me going for a little walk is like when we went to New Zealand on holiday, Kylie's, they said it was a 15-minute walk into, into town. It was a 15-kilometre walk into town <laughs> along a lake. And I made a walking stick out of a branch of a gum tree and I walked into town into a burger store with that thing I'm because going can you leave it outside and I'm like I am I am walking in here <laughs> and you might feel weak when you start doing it but keep doing it keep persevering keep pushing through it's if God has put something in your heart then walk it out walk it don't try and run it out don't try and run it out walk it out we're meant to keep step with the Spirit and just walk with the Spirit. There's something about, I, I think we need to be a church that's walking. And not just walking, but, but talking. And not just walking and talking, but praying. I think we need to be a church that's activated in praying around our city, walking around our city. And, and we would be the most mentally health, healthy people, most physically healthy people. Because why? Because we're exercising. No, we're just doing what we're meant to be doing. Walking and talking. So takes an activation of will, choice, determination to keep going. You may trip and fall. <laughs> I know, you wouldn't believe how in slow motion I can fall. One day I went to walk in and I'm like, I, between the chairs, and I just went, oh, here we go. And it was, I just, my foot caught, and I was just like, oh, I'm done. And I, I just started, and Kylie said, you fell, like, I said, yeah, I didn't want to hurt myself. <laughs> it was just like, oh, that's what it was like. If you can picture the rest of it. If you fall, don't worry. Pick yourself up. Keep walking. Psalm 37, 23. The Lord makes firm the steps of those who delight in him. Though he may stumble, he will not fall for the Lord upholds him with his hand. That's her as well. It's just an R on there. You know, like he is just the term there. How's your walk? Is it strong? Is it in the right direction? Is it following Jesus? Because our individual work, walk is meant to be a corporate walk. We are meant to be part of the ecclesia. The ecclesia is meant, the church is meant to be a healing, wholesome, family place. We've got off track. We've made it a corporate place again. Jesus, when he came into, the, into Jerusalem, he cleaned out the temple again. He cleaned it out again. 
first in the beginning of his ministry and at the end of his ministry, cleaned out, the, said, guys, you've got your eyes on the wrong prize here. So, point number one. What was it? Lack of work will cause atrophy. If you don't move, you will atrophy. Next one, trauma disrupts signals. Don't have disrupted trauma, uh, disrupted signals. And if you do, work them out. Start activating those signals. Reactivate those signals again with God. Reactivate those signals with the Holy Spirit. Reactivate those signals with the Word of God. Start pro proclaiming. Remember, this is a year of proclamation. He's doing new things. If you don't like the way something's happening at the moment, say, Lord, you promised that you're doing a new thing. Where is the new in this? Where is it? And not go, where is the new in this? Go, where is the new in this? He loves expectant children, not entitled children. Where is the new in this? Where's the new in this, Father? Show me where the new is in this. Point four is you will plateau. <laughs> an ambulance guy, he said, yeah, I was in, in an am ambulance. He was an ambo, sorry. In an ambo, got T-boned, broke his spine. Um, took him 18 months to get walking again and then took time back there. And I'm like, dude, I'm, you're the right person to be talking to me. And um, he said, you will plateau. Don't worry. Keep pushing through it. Keep, even though you don't feel it and nothing's happening, keep doing what you know is right. Spiritually, what does that look like? Even though you can't hear anything, even though you might not feel anything, even though it might be going, feel like it's going worse at times because you're exhausted, you're tired, you're sore, you're in pain. <laughs> You're hungry. You've got no more money because you've given it away. You've fasted. You've been praying. What? God is there. God is there. Ask him, where are you? Because I've been asking him that and he's going, you dummy. <laughs> I sustain you. And I'm like, that's right. You never left me. I'm just going through a trial. I'm just going through a moment. I'm only going through a minute. Just give me a minute and I'll be out of this. So within 12 months, I'm going to be back running. Within, well, I'm almost back dancing now. I did last week and I, oh, I jumped for a second. I went, you can't do that yet, Stephen. We, we did the car park yesterday. Worked my butt off. No, no, I've got it back now. It's all right. Flower sacks are full. Well, half full. <laughs> Mary liked that. But as a body, we must be activated. We must be activated. We can't just come requiring all the time. We must come actually giving. So, I'm very aware that I cannot give out if I don't have anything. I must get in the, the outpour of God. I must spend time with God and get in that outpour. Because in the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all of mankind, on your sons and your daughters, and they will prophesy. They will speak divine messages with interpretations. Pooh. Old men, young men, don't stop dreaming. Don't stop seeing visions. Get in the outpour. Get in the outpour. Because in the outpour, the, we can overflow into others' lives. If we don't have love in our life, we can't overflow love. We can't overflow joy. We can't overflow peace. I remember when I was, one of the, the 
bedrock shifting moments in my life. Praying for mum when she's in hospital. And we're believing for a miracle and mum's body's running down on time and we still don't know what, what really happened except it was her time. And I was praying for her and she just, she said to me, Stephen, you, you bring so much peace when you pray. And I've got to, I've got to, <laughs> I never was that with mum. I was the worst with mum. I bought so much. Adrian was the peaceful child. Carol was the peaceful child. I was parentheses by peaceful children. I was the middle, Malcolm in the middle. I was loud. Yeah. I didn't think I brought much peace into mum's life. But glory be to God, through his transformations, through life, <laughs> and me wanting to follow Jesus, I get to pray for my mum, and she encounters peace. We can't give it out if we don't have it. So now I am a major on making sure I have peace in my life. And not just peace for me. This is peace for you guys. I must have peace in my life. So that when I'm talking with you at any moment, I'm not distracted. or Because I've had pain for so long. And this screaming in my back for so long, for 30-something years, that is now gone. I've got to apologize to you. Some of you guys I've had conversations with, I don't even know your names. I haven't even, I don't, I don't even remember the conversations. I was in pain and you just, I'm having conversations and not retaining anything. So it's going to be great. I get to have conversations all over again and um, learn it all again. So, but body, we must flex our spiritual muscles. And it's praying not just for God do this for me it's our father our father give us this is corporate give us this day not give me this day give us this day our daily bread hmm. don't forget don't be praying for mounts to move if you're not even praying lead me not into temptation deliver me from evil i was reminded about that lately and i'm going that's right you're the one who does that fool Give him the authority back in your life to be provider, to be the deliverer. If you're able, stand with me. I just want to pray over you and get you to, we're going to make a statement together. Galatians 2.20. This is a beautiful statement. Have we got it up on the screen? Yes, we do. I got it right, Jesse. Let me read it first to make sure I have. Yes, I have. Let's just make this statement together. One, two, three. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Oh, guys, it's such a powerful statement. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but it is Christ now who lives in me. Faith rise up. The life I live in the body, the life I live in the body, I now live by faith, 
not on feelings, not on responses. I live by faith. I don't do it by, oh, well, church is just someplace we attend. No, no, no. Seek first, number one, the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Where else are you going to find this on the planet? Nowhere else. It's only in the household of faith. It's only in the kingdom of God where you find these things. Righteousness, kingdom. I've been crucified. It's no longer I that live the life I live in the body, I live by faith. It's not by feelings. It's not by a system. It's not by a program. It's by faith in the Son of God who loved me so much that He gave Himself for me. Oh, I don't know if you know who you are, but I know who I am. And I know what He's done for me. I know what He saved me from. And actually, I, know, I don't even know some of the stuff. But I know what He's taken away from my life that I'm so grateful for and following him is brilliant he is the human that we want everyone to be he is the human being that we want to be ourselves uncondemning totally loving in authority switched on at every moment interacting with everybody to the core not superficial he could interact intimately with every single person that's our Jesus I'm going to pray for us now as a church but I'm mindful we've, you know, we've got baptism service I apologise guys we've gone a little bit longer but we're praying for all these guys getting baptised as well this is an awesome time for them taking a step of faith this is a faith step let's agree together number one for our lives our walk being strong, flexing our spiritual muscles, but as the church, moving again as the church, not atrophy, not finding other things to do with our time, seeking first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and doing things His way. Father, I just thank You, oh Lord, for the message that You've given today. Father, I just thank You that for Your peace to rest with each person here. Father, I thank you right now for your Holy Spirit. Ah, you're so wondrous. I thank you for answering the questions that each one of us has. And whatever the concern is right now, Father, I thank you that you are bringing answers, that that signal is not too weak, that still small voice. We listen to you, Father. Right now, I thank you, Father, for the the privilege of repentance, that we can realign ourselves with you, Father, that we can ask for forgiveness and you are just and able for, to forgive us and cleanse us. Father, thank you for, for cleansing us all through Jesus. You have cleansed us all of unrighteousness. All we need to do is believe in Jesus. You've forgiven the planet. The, the gift is there. All we need to do is receive the gift. Believe the message of Jesus. Father, thank you. I'm so grateful that I believe the message. Thank you for the Jesus. Thank you for the message of Jesus. Thank you for the victory of Jesus, that it's no longer us that live, but it's Jesus living in us. Ah, Father, I proclaim strong legs over each person here to walk a strong spiritual walk. Father, I thank you for, for strong arms, to have strong physical and spiritual muscles. Father, flexing 
Prayer muscles flexing, generous muscles flexing. Father, I thank You for where Your Spirit is leading us individually but corporately. Have Your way, Father. Your kingdom come. Your will be done in Jesus' mighty Name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining today. If you'd like to know more about service times or simply want to find out more about church, head to our website, riveredgechurch.com.au.